Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cocciolillo, and today we have my friend Robert Lindsay Milne returning. He is the greatest psychic in the world. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't you do that to me. <laughs> that is not fair. Um, I'm... I am really good at my craft. Um, I'm really good at my craft because I'm really dedicated and committed. Um, but what, what, what's important is that there is nobody who is absolutely the best right. for everybody. So the people that I do readings for, the ones that I connect with, for them, I am the best. Because maybe there will be other great people, assuming that I'm in that category, there will be other great people that that will do readings or try to do readings for the ones that I'm great with. And it may, and it could be mediocre or even suck. Right. So, but, but yet the other great ones, if I tune into their clients, mm -hmm. um, I may end up looking like sounding like an idiot. So, so, so there are great ones for everyone yes. and there is no one that's better than another so i'll say that there's nobody better uh has more talent or better than me but i'm not the best well i just have to say that because you have a special place in my heart because of that reading that you did for my wife and it was a life-changing reading do you want to talk about it we can so well yeah um so, so some of my listeners, um, Robert did a reading for my wife, and he was spot on with so many things. Um, like, for example, one of the things that, that, that I was really impressed with was you mentioned that she had a problem with her weight and that she was going to lose it and never have a problem again. And what you were not aware of at the time, and it wasn't on Facebook or anywhere, so there was no way for you to find it out was that she was having weight loss surgery. And since wow. then, she has lost over almost 100 pounds. Huh. And she's wow. feeling a whole lot better. And because she had the surgery, and chances of her ever getting that back were like there zero. Oh, yeah. So, so that was an incredible, an amazing hit. Um, also, you had mentioned, she asked you about her aunt. And her aunt was... She wasn't terminal at the time. She was just having some health issues because we think she had COVID last year. And she, had, I think it damaged her heart and has had really knocked her down. And my wife was concerned about what was where it was going to go. And you said that, uh, you know, when it's her time to go, she's going to go. And you advised her to be there and spend much, as much time as possible with her aunt because it was going to be important. And that's exactly what she did. Her aunt passed away on Valentine's Day. And even though my wife is sad, she also knows deep down in her heart, she did absolutely th everything that she could do. And she took your advice all the way you know, to heart and followed it. And 
the result was unbelievable. So, so I love you, man. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and I'm so grateful that I, I, I can do some of those things. The very first time I did for your wife, uh, the very first time I did that for somebody, I had been working in the tea room for, when I started, I was 15 and a half. I had been working there for a few months. Now, I can't remember this man in terms of what he looks like, because it was like, um, 59 years ago um and 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 you know um over 900,000 uh i'm sorry uh nine um uh nine 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 hundred nine ninety thousand ninety nine thousand psychic readings um ago um so i don't remember him i remember the situation and the energy um so remember, I'm a kid, like 15 or 15 and a half, and I'm doing this reading, and I realized something's going to happen to his child. I, I was a child, and I didn't quite know what to do. And I was really afraid to do, I like, I, I just, that was one of my first times, you know, like, that, that's, that, that's like, um, you know, big time stuff when you're, when you're still going through your apprentice time, you know, mm -hmm. and um what I said to him is, I told him that his daughter was really sensitive and that, and that she needed a lot of extra care or attention right now. And it would be very helpful for her, him and her to spend a lot of time together in the next while. Right. or something like that now remember i'm 15 and a half 16 mm -hmm. you know i'm I, i'm you know i say it a little smoother now but so so however i did it it was it was like that and i did the reading the guy left and and um you know months later or or, or a year I, I i can't remember because people were just coming in i was doing readings over and over for people over and over and over again uh this guy comes in start to do his reading and he and as now, I, I, I had to do pretend I was doing tea leaf and card readings to, to work there. I never did tea leaf and card readings. I just tuned into people. <laughs> so I was putting the card that the cards down on the table and and this man put his hand on my hand, my arm. And, and he said, um, I saw you last year. Um, you told me to spend lots and lots of time with my child, my daughter. And he said, I did that. And we read and we spent time and listened to music. And he said, uh, two months ago, my daughter got hit by a streetcar and was killed. And he said, I am so grateful that I have that time with her. Wow. Wow. So then it, it, it's, a, it's amazing how a reading can change a person's life. It is. It's an amazing responsibility. Well, not a responsibility, but it's amazing. I don't know. Actually, you, it is. is it, 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 it's a, I it guess it's a, a responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Of course. Um, 
I'm not 100% right. Like, I'm sure the worst it could be. I, 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 I'd settle for 90, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, hey, I would, I would settle for a cool 85%. Nice. Uh, you know, like, hey, an even average 85%? Wow, man, I would, huh, you know, I, so, um, so, what what I, I I lost track of what I, what we were talking about. So, sorry, Gary. Um, what, what were we talking about? Oh, responsibility. Right, yeah. Um, so I give information to to, to people, uh, um, and certainly at this time in my life, where, where, when I give information, um, I give it to them. And I have to remember, like, like, like when I do a reading, and and you saw when I was tuning into your wife, mm -hmm. you saw how the way I changed. I have like, like when I connect with somebody, I I just feel such great deep love in in that moment. It's very different than before the session and after, and it's and 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 it's, it's really glorious. Um, and and I and, and I really adore that person. So when I'm doing a reading for somebody. I myself want the absolute best for them. I, I want everything in their life to go great. I want to be able to tell them how happy, how wonderful, how special their, 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 their life is. Uh, well, that doesn't happen all the time. Um, but the other thing is, it's not my business what someone should do or what they want to do. My job is to give them the information mm -hmm. so that they can live their life their way. And if they're making a decision that's leading them in a negative direction, while I will tell them, if you do this, 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 and this could happen, uh, I, I, I'll not say you shouldn't. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll give them the information because I believe in free choice and free will. And, and I also believe in what we experience one way we'll experience equally the opposite. Hmm. So, so you actually believe in free will? Yeah. Huh? How can what you, other how, will is there? But how, how can you look at somebody and say, this is going to happen to you in the future? And that person have free will at the same time. Absolutely. Oh, all right. Great question, man. Glad you asked that one. So, so there are very few things in our life that are destined. But there are very few things that are destined. Most things that go on in our life are happenstance. Um, the path, the vibe, the, the energy, the, the, the timeline that we're on, just all the things going on, um, how we're dealing with things moment to moment. So usually there isn't an absolute outcome. Mm -hmm. Destiny is something that cannot be changed. So if something is destined and it cannot be changed, it cannot be seen because if it can be seen, it can be changed. Right. Okay. So most everything in our lives 
uh, happen just 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 as our life goes on that there are moments of, of destiny and some moments of destiny is when something occurs in that moment we have a millisecond to make a decision mm -hmm. and in that decision which may neither be right or wrong in that decision will direct us in how our life is going to go right but we make the decision Can we make the wrong decision? There is no right or wrong. So in the overall scheme of things, there is no right, there is no wrong. There's experience. So the purpose of life is to experience. Right. Now, that's the purpose of life. So the purpose of life is to experience all things at all levels. It's impossible for us to experience all things at all levels in one lifetime. This is going to get weird shit tonight. Um, it's impossible for all things for it's impossible. It's impossible for um, one being to experience all things in one lifetime. Okay. So what happens is our soul, our spirit, whatever you want to call it, God, whatever you want to call it, wherever it is, we come from um, creates an incarnation for us creates one mm -hmm. um, a, a, a template and that template but gary your, your template is the only one in the universe there is no other gary like you anywhere you're the only one you're that unique. There's only one Robert, this Robert, mm -hmm. there, there's no other. It, my template is, is who I am and there's no other. Inside that template that we have called the incarnation contains absolutely everything we're capable of doing or experiencing inside the template. Okay. Okay. And we have free choice and free will to experience anything that we want inside the framework of our template. For, for, for example, um, we have free choice and free will. Um, but in the restriction of the template. So, so I'm, I, I'm not really very tall. I'm a, you know, five, six and a half, five, seven. I'm lying, maybe five, six. Um, so, and, and you know, um, and, and probably, you, you know, I'm, 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 you know, 165, 160, 165. So like, I'm not really a big person. So, um, well, physically. Um, so at, so it's unlikely I could have played center uh, in, in the NBA basketball played a center in the NBA. Right. Fuck, I couldn't even been in the NBA. Maybe be the water boy, okay? <laughs> uh, all right. So, so, uh, so, all right. So, because of my template, I, I just couldn't do it. But beyond it. But I can play basketball. Right. And I have free choice and free will to play basketball to the limit of the template that I have. Okay. Okay. And if I, even though I would not have the physical requirements to be in the NBA, take now, now, now slight, slightly off center a bit. 
So recognizing that there is only um, one being just like you, no other, you're the only one, and you're doing things your, your way, um, and who you are, if you're the only one, you can only be but perfect. It makes sense. Because you're the only one. Yeah, how can I be the imperfect me? Absolutely. Because there isn't any others. Right. Okay. Now, some people think they're imperfect, but they're not. So how that happens, how we recognize that, we're, how, how we become imperfect is we start to compare ourselves to others. So when you compare yourself to others, there's always those that will be better. And there are always those that will be worse. Mm -hmm. And you will, and but the only fair measurement for you is comparing you to you. How did you do yesterday? <laughs> How did you do today? Right. Wow, look at what you've done. Way to go. And because you're perfect and because you're unique, and you, anybody, right? It's not just you, but it's nice to feel here that. Um, yeah, I'm perfect. Robert, right? Okay, yeah. Um, so so um, when we compare ourselves to ourselves and when we uh, push ourselves or we, we grow, um, we can see our true measure. Mm -hmm. All right, so getting back to, we have free choice and free will um, in, inside the template to do whatever it is that we wish. And the only limitation is the limitation of our of our of our template. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then the other thing is, what we do one way, we must do equally the opposite. That's the other law about the template. Mm -hmm. So we have free choice and free will to do and experience anything we want. However, what we experience and do one way, we must do equally the opposite. Mm. Karma is neither reward nor punishment. Karma is merely for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. If you do this, you will do that. Just the way it is. You cannot have black without white, can't have good without bad, can't have high without low. So, so, so um, what we are as beings is we are one way and we are equally the opposite. Mm -hmm. Nobody is happily, you know, nobody walks on water all the time. You know, you think, you think the guy that walks on water or does that stuff is always in that mood? Uh-uh. Really he stubs his toe or something. You know, you hear some swear words and, you know, like it's... it's I want to talk about miracles too if we get a chance tonight yeah. about how to do them. Anyway, I'm having fun just rambling <laughs> if I'm rambling. Okay, so so getting back to that that template. So we have free choice and free will to do whatever it is we want. Um, and the only one that's responsible for that is, is, is us. So we have free choice and free will. Um, in the overall scheme of things, there is no right or wrong. What we do one way, we must do equally the opposite. On this planet where we live, in the solar system, 
in this galaxy, in this universe, there's accountability for, for, for what we do. But we have free choice and free will to do whatever we want. Okay. You, you, there's an accountability for it on this planet. But if in the overall scheme of things, you know, you go on a murder spree, um, what you do one way, you must do equally the opposite. Because the purpose okay. of life is to experience all things on all levels. So if you go on a murder spree in one life, then you possibly have to be like a doctor in the next life. Well, whatever that may be, who 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 are we to say? Well, what is the opposite? That's true too. We don't know. Right, 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 right. We 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 can't determine that. Um, what what? Okay, so so you know we have this. You know, we have a few scumbags here in Canada, and there are a couple of scum scumbags. Paula, um, Paula, um, um, thank goodness you can't even remember these scumbags' names. Um, Kala Homolka and. Um, um, and the guy's name, I can't quite remember. It'll, it, it'll come to me. Anyway, um, these people, this man and woman, like, like young people, um, they would kidnap a, a young teenage girl, um, take them to her house, um, um, molest her, abuse her, and then chop her up. Like, like these man and woman, right? Mm -hmm. they, they did those. So, so, um, we we don't have a murder uh, a murder uh, sorry we don't have a, um, a capital punishment. Paul Bernardo is the guy's name. We don't have capital punishment, so we we don't kill people in jail. All right, no no smart ass from Mark Robert. We 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 our our, our country doesn't our, our our government doesn't execute people. Uh, other inmates do, but 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 the government does right. it, right? Okay, so I said I wasn't going to get into that, so I just going to keep my mouth shut again. I could. so anyway, um, Bernardo was was somebody that wanted to be famous and wanted lots of attention. Um, you know, he was convicted of three or four or five murders. And, and even though in our country, um, when, you're, when you murder somebody, um, you don't get a chance to apply for parole for 20 years. Doesn't mean you get out in 20 years, but if you turn out to be the model prisoner and again, be walk on water type, maybe you could get paroled at 20 years, but usually it's 25 or 30 or, or, or whatever. Bernardo has no possibility of getting out. Up. He'll never get out. So they built a cage for this guy. He's in full lockdown. 20, well, he's in his cell 23 hours a day. He gets out once a day mm -hmm. to walk in the, in the jail yard or wherever it is he does. Everywhere he goes, he's, he's, he's shackled and, and handcuffed. Every time he leaves his cell, he gets strip shirts. Every time he returns to his south, he gets strip searched. He gets one hour. Everything that he does, he eats in this cage. Well, it's a glass cage, by the way. He eats in it, sleeps in it. He has a table there, has his toilet there. Um, people don't talk to him or they yell at him and call him all kinds of terrible names. But most people, they don't, they don't look at him. The guards are polite. Um, and he sits there. And he slowly painfully 
agonizingly goes insane. And he slowly dies an agonizing death. It's horribly painful. And that's inflicted upon him in this existence. It's mm -hmm. agonizing for them. They go insane. I, I'm not advocating about anything. I'm just telling you what happens, right? Yeah. And I'm telling you about this because we were talking about, well, what would be the opposite? And I said, well, okay, well, here's the first part of it. So At that could be the opposite is the punishment. The experience. Experience. See, it's not punishment. <laughs> it's experience. It That's sounds, the thing. It sounds like a terrible experience. Well, yeah, but 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 in order to know something, you need it from both sides. And I assure you, there are things that your essence has done that you have done the opposite to. You had to. Yeah, you had to, man. You you couldn't be in a position that you're in today. You're too evolved. You're too far along the evolutionary scale not not to have gone through that stuff. And it's, it's because you see in the overall, it, there is no right, there is no wrong. There's experience. That, that's what it's about. Experience. Mm. Do we, or not. Do, do we choose our lives before we are born? Like, do we get a choice? So I have some guests that, that say that we do. We like, oh, this is, this is the life that you signed up for. And they have other ones that, that um, say something well, contrary. You haven't actually, I haven't actually been asked that question or, or thought a whole lot about <laughs> it. But in the last while, I've been doing a lot of other thinking and, and this, this could come in that category. Um, and, and, and the other, and, and in that category is about somebody selling their soul as well. By the way, you can't. Mm -hmm. You know why you can't sell your soul? Why? It's not yours. Whose is it? It's it. The, the question is, who do you belong to? Not the other way around. Hmm. You see, you are not your soul. Your soul is not you. Your soul is like um, you are kind of like your fingernail compared to your soul. If we cut the fingernail off, will we cutting off your soul? No. If we if we if we cut a piece of your fingernail off, are we cutting you off? No, just 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 a, a piece of your fingernail. So I'm just part of a whole. Yeah. That's right. So when we're born, um, the life, the template is created. And it's not a question of choosing or not choosing. It's in this environment, in this process, for these experiences. Mm -hmm. So you're not choosing them. You're, you're, you're doing them. If you don't choose them, if, 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 if in the womb, yourself says, oops, I don't like this body. I don't like this whatever. Um, you know, you can check out. That's called a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Often, though, in those cases, I have heard that that in a miscarriage, the soul from that being hangs around the woman um, on, on, until she gets pregnant again. 
So, so um, we have free choice and free will. The only thing is, what we do one way, we need to do equally the opposite. And um, because in order for us to be balanced, we need to see all things on all levels. You can't do it in one lifetime. So, so the idea is to experience and give yourself positive feedback for both the positive and negative things that you've experienced because you're going to have to anyway mm -hmm. experience so the next question would be obvious why why what why do we have to have these experiences why are we experiencing I, 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 I'm, I'm not i'm not that spiritual <laughs> <laughs> haven't made it that far yet right <laughs> i don't know if, even if i so, think you would have to have a really close connection to you know the guy at the top now you know i've been hearing concepts that that maybe maybe um this is like the matrix and it's all just a bunch of machines and stuff yeah okay well so we're all programmed but we still have free choice and free will to be able to change our, our, our behavior. We, we can't change our body, our template, but, but, but we can change how we behave. Mm -hmm. We can look at our patterns and see how we behaved in certain situations. And then we can find ways that were, that is more effective. That's also called growing. So in our programming, we've been programmed to grow and evolve. And we can prove that we've grown and evolved by just looking at our history. So if you want to talk about what the matrix is, whatever it is, it's our creator. Yeah. Call it anything you want. Mm -hmm. It's the creator. It created us. Call, call it God, whatever. However, we always have the opportunity to make choices. Always. And we always can grow. Always. Hmm. How important is love in this process? Um, so, so, so first of all, recognizing that love and hate. Okay, so by the way, what is the um, opposite of love? I'm going to assume hate. Yeah, right. Okay. So you know you were, going to, you were getting set up. You know, I could see that. <laughs> Good answer, Gary. Okay. All right. So, so, um, so that does make sense that, that pause, uh, you know, that love and hate are, the, are, are, um, are, are opposites. Right. Um, the opposite to love is indifference. Let, let me prove Not it caring. to you. Let, let me prove it to you and to all of your listeners right now. Just, just give me one second and I can prove it. Just, just, just wait. Uh, right then, right when I said, uh, right then there was a woman um, and she's in America and she was somewhere in a hospital and, 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 and you don't know her and you've never met her. You've never been around her. And um, she, she just died. No, do, do you care? 
Truth. Not really. That is the opposite to love. It's indifference. Hmm. And when you love somebody and they treat you oppositely with indifference, it's horrifying. Terrible. It's even worse than being hated. Love and hate. <laughs> love and hate are the positive and negative expression of the same emotion. Which is one of the reasons why when we get angry with somebody that we love, we fight them with the power of love only on the opposite side, the hatred. Right. But what we're doing is we're fighting with love. That's why we hurt the ones we love. Hmm. That's why, that's why um, um, showing hatred to a family member is, is horrifying and, and cruel and unusual punishment because it just goes right down to their soul because, because um, it's love and they're fighting with it. It's very hot. Right. Indifference was cold. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, I mean, I mean, my life experience, the, the people that I've yeah. hurt the most are the people that I've also loved the most. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. In the same, and, the, in the same the other way around, the people that have hurt me the most are the people. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so love and hate are the positive and negative expression of the same emotion. Absolutely. Um, so when I'm connecting and tuning in and doing readings, um, I, I love that person. I, 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 I love them like a child. I like, I, you know, they're, 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 they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're wonderful. Um, I have very little personal experience except I love their being. Mm -hmm. When I'm finished doing the reading, um, that beautiful state does tend to dissipate. On the other hand, I still have a deep feeling in my heart. And when I'll see them again, it comes out. Right. But I don't think about them, nor do I long for them or, 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 or whatever. Um, and, then, and then when they're around again, I, it comes back and it's more of a a spiritual kind of love that I feel. Hmm. Um, and, and it's, um, and as I'm getting older and as I, you know, we all do shitty things and we all do good things. No, right. seriously. Yeah, no, it's we all, no, seriously. true. Right? Like, oh man, there are things huh, that, that I have done that, that, that I just um, are horrifying to me. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, um, so, and, and, and we all have. So, so we can beat the hell out of ourselves or we can look at it and say, okay, we experienced this. Um, I don't like this experience. I'm going to be different from this from now on. Then I become more evolved. So with all the things, you know, people do what people do. <laughs> and and, and, and um, I haven't met very many evil or purely evil people mm -hmm. um 
there, there, there's good in everybody. Doesn't mean I have to like the good, but, yeah. but, but, but um, th th there is. Most people, that's true. Um, when, when I'm doing a reading, when I connect, I love that person without condition. So it's an unconditional love. So, so I see, see them do something. I go, wow, okay. Well, oh, you're, you know, you're one of creation, and um, you're, you know, and I have to go through my head, and I can bring out, you know, that feeling and 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 feel that love. When I detach, I might I might find the person also reprehensible, right? Disgusting. But but when I tune into them now now there are some people that are disgusting and I go to tune into them and I can't feel love and I'll just find them disgusting. Hmm. Oh and and now now that's just one part now now I, I just gotta I just have to do something else. Um, uh -huh. So it's never a guarantee that you're going to get a reading from me. The only time you're guaranteed a reading from me is when it's done and you get the recording. That's, that's the only time that you'll get it. Um, the the um, criteria of getting a reading from me is not having $195. Oh, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> it has a part of it, right? Right. But but if you're you, but if you're a jerk, I'm not going to do a reading for you. I won't. If 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 you're someone that I I don't particularly like, or not like, or, or like, um, I have free choice and free will. Mm -hmm. um, I can do a reading or not. So so, um, and especially at this time in my life, um, I, I I pick and choose. But what I've always done is chosen the ones that I can do the best readings for. Right. Okay. Now, now I will go that way because, because they're the ones that I can help the most mm -hmm. and the ones that I can't do my best for, there will be somebody for them. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, if I don't, and, and, and I started this way of thinking way back when I was like 15, 16 years old in the tea room. And the way we got paid at the tea room is every time you did a reading, um, well, when somebody uh, bought their cup of tea and sandwich and cookies, they got a tea leaf reading and a card reading. Um, and the way they would tell uh, if somebody wanted to come to me, they used um, uh, poker chips and, and I had the turquoise one. So the people would, you know, choose their reader. Mine was turquoise. When I did their reading, they'd give me their 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 the the um, poker chip, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the night, I'd cash them in. If I didn't think I did a good reading, I'd give them back their chip, hmm. and ask them to go to somebody and, and apologize. Oh, yeah. I used to make Mrs. Cox crazy. She's nuts over that. But but you know, I was like sixteen. If I didn't think that I'd done a good job, I'm sorry. There's no charge. Uh -huh. um, um, I, I I I wasn't in the position that I could tell somebody I won't or can't do a reading for you. Mm -hmm. But a minimum, at least, if, if I could complete 90% of all the people that come to me, if I could complete 90%, I'd be a very happy man. Right. So at least minimum 10% of all the people that come to me, I've said no to. Right. But it's higher, actually. 
So when I say I've done 100,000 psychic connections, they're the ones I've actually done. They're, they're not the ones that I didn't know. Right. So the criteria isn't necessarily having the money, but it helps. Mm -hmm. But, but um, I can't think of a time in my career where I turned somebody down for the reason for the reason they didn't have the money. And that would be the only reason. I, I can't remember a time that that happened. Wow. If money were an if, if, uh, issue, it would have also had to be another issue as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not a guarantee that I'll do the reading. What is a guarantee is that if I do your reading, it's going to be the best bloody reading I can possibly <laughs> do in that moment. Or I won't do it. Right. So, so I've always lived to that standard. Um, so, um, you know, maybe 20, you know, may, maybe I've said no to 20,000 people in my career, hmm. which is more than most psychics have said yes to. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> so, so it is not guaranteed that you get a reading. It's not guaranteed that you get a reading when I'm halfway through the reading at any point in time. Um, I, I can stop and say, I'm sorry, I'm not tuning into you, or this is not good enough, or I don't feel comfortable going on. Mm -hmm. there, there, there's no charge. I'm so sorry. And, and, and I do that. It's, I, now, now, I don't like doing that. And I don't like doing that for like three reasons, okay? Um, I have to give back the money. I hate that. Because mm -hmm. right? I, I put the energy in, right? I, I, um, that. Uh, two, um, I have to explain to the person, it's not because of something bad that I saw or th thought I would see, or that I didn't like them or didn't care about them, or I uh, just didn't want to tune into them or was keeping a secret. That takes longer than, than, than a whole reading, <laughs> cooling them out. You know, it's not, you know, like I don't get off the hook by saying, no, it scares the hell out of people. So I have to kind of explain it. And then the third one is it's impossible for one person to tune in to every single person that they meet every time we meet them. Right. And I'm so terribly sorry. And maybe we can try again sometime. Mm -hmm. So I've always done that. And, and I've never taken the money ever for that. So I never refused somebody because they didn't have the money. Right. There's, they may have been refused. Um, it was part of it, but, 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 but not the main reason, right. or not all of it. One thing, too, that, that, that makes your readings very unique is how you put everything into a comprehensive line like a storyline basically you don't look at just the future you, you take the whole you look at the big picture and you put it yeah. together and you give a person something that they can actually work with yeah um i see people's lives often from uh conception i don't see that act i just i just see i just get the energy <laughs> and um to completion and um, I'll often see how somebody will complete their life. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll tell somebody how they're going to complete their life or how they could if they wanted. 
how it appears. Mm -hmm. um, now, now I don't spend a lot of time at either end of that spectrum. Yeah. Uh, although I do go forward and backward often. And I also um, see, I also talk about, um, and, and, and I have a format th that I use. So I ad lib, mm -hmm. you know, like I ad lib. Now, now you're a musician. I, I heard you play that guitar. That's pretty good, man. That was really good. I'm the best um, guitar player ever. Yeah, well, okay. Well, it sure sounded good to me. <laughs> and so congratulations. All right. Now, so so um when you're doing a solo and you're playing with a uh, a couple other guys or even one other person, but but when you're playing, um you're doing your solo uh to a song or a tune that that you've been playing. Mm -hmm. and you ad lib you're free to ad lib anywhere inside the structure and framework of the tune that you're playing correct right yes right and and your play inside that 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 framework that's so that the players that you're playing with are in tune with you and can follow you mm -hmm. and that and that's how that goes so when I do a reading for somebody, I, I, I ad lib and I often joke and say, I, I just make this shit up. Well, no, I don't make shit up. Um, what, what I do though is say what comes off the top of my head, I ad lib inside the structure and framework of their existence. Mm -hmm. So I talk about physical. And then I talk about how that physical is in that framework and I let it go and I go and, and, and the way, when I get into talking about the future, um, and, and that's one of the things that I have to really be careful of when, when I'm just hanging around talking with people, because, because when someone talks to me about something, my instinct to start looking in the future, right? Just to look at it. Right. I, um, that's just the way I've been thinking. I've been, I've been doing that all my life. So um, just in normal conversations, I'll just start process. Oh, yeah. I mean, not interesting. Then I have to say get back here, uh, you know, and, and, and get focused again. Uh, I don't, I'm not that dramatic. It's more inside. Um, so I function like that musician inside the framework of, of you know, the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual mm -hmm. and each category. And, and I do that, that, that um, ad lib and it's, and, and I, um, I'm not sure if you, if you notice that in, in, in your wife's readings, there's always a rhythm to it. Oh, my voice time. has a, yes. yeah, you know, like I'm, I, um, if, if it doesn't, if, if it, if it, um, if I'm not tapping my foot, uh, I'm talking like I am. Mm -hmm. See, I'm singing that person's song. I'm, I'm, I'm telling them about their life. Um, it's their song. It's their story. It's a beautiful thing to tell someone. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I get into the rhythm and, 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 um, and, 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 and go with it and ad lib. Uh, and when I get going, and, and it's really a rush when I get there, um, I, I also have to, you know, rein myself in. I have to filter out because I could stay on one topic and go for like, you know, like the whole hour, mm -hmm. um, you know, be interesting sort of, but, but, but really not that, that, that productive. So I have to, I have to have, you know, put stops in place where, where I, you know, change the subject and, and, and go on. 
So I do have a structure to how I do my work, even though um, it's, it's just simply me talking. But, but once again, you know, think of those TV screens and I'm, and I'm seeing them all at once. Um, seeing, you know, um, which is very cool and, and processing. Most of the time I don't get hung up on, on something that I've said or what I'm about to say. Mostly I don't let it interfere, but every now and again, I'll see something coming or something also that's happened or, or what I said, and, and, and I'll actually stop and look at it and, you know, check and see what, what, what that was. And I, and I like to do that. Um, and, and I am constantly checking what I'm doing with someone, what I'm doing a reading for them. I'm, I'm constantly checking um, what I've said, how I've said it, making sure that I've said it in the way they understand. And, and, um, you know, Maharishi, um, the, the, the guy that brought uh, Transcendental Meditation to North America, he says, speak to the person in the language they understand. Yeah. So, so I make sure that I'm speaking to that person um, in the language, in the way they understand things. Wow. Yeah, I mean... I, I love the idea, like the analogy of music and working within a framework. And one of the things, too, about your readings that's really interesting is you're very precise about your words. Like, even though you're ad-libbing, I, I, like when I listened to the one with my wife, there were times where you said something and you said, like, you know what, let me back up and make sure this is the right word to use. And, and you would, you know, and then you would continue on whether it was the right word or the wrong word. I mean, most of the time you were always using the right word, but you would, you were very cautious about the words that you were using, um, <clears throat> which I really thought interesting because I've interviewed other psychics. You know, I've interviewed a lot of other oh, psychics, yeah. and you know, like like I had one psychic, and the only word he could get out was rooster. <laughs> well, that'd be a nightmare unless you remember a bunch of hands. <laughs> like, like, what, what do you mean? Like, that's all he could get out when he was trying to do readings? Yeah. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> oh, that must have been a nightmare for him. So, like, everybody was like a rooster? Everybody was going to be like you know, a rising age? Or I, I asked him to do a reading for me, and the yeah. only thing he could get was rooster. He, he tried Are you to hide something from us, Gary. No, no. I mean, he you he, have this secret life as the the rooster. Like, no, I mean, I mean, I do well, have I, I have roosters in my kitchen. My wife, you know, like. Okay, well, that's good. Next, good next. What's the next hit, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, he didn't get any other hits. Everything else was like <laughs> way off. Mm. Yeah, nothing was even. I don't know. He must have been reading for someone else, or he wasn't ready. Or he was nervous, or he was having an off day, yeah. um, or he was intimidated, or um, before he was doing the reading, um, he was thinking with his analytical mind. And when it was mm -hmm. time to tune in and get into the creative, it's a big leap, and sometimes it's hard to do. And um, when when you're haven't done this a lot in in that position, sometimes when you're when you're live in front of people, you can freeze. Not yeah. that I ever have. <laughs> well, so so you know, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. Or maybe the guy wasn't any good at all, and and um, that could also be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but 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 I'm not saying that he is. Right. Right. That's not what I said. So so I was just saying that this could be one of the reasons why he couldn't pick something up. But but what was interesting with, with yours though is, is your words. You, you're very yeah. cautious about the words. You're cautious about the format. You 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 go back. You and I can I can tell that you're going back inside your head. You're going. I want to go back and make sure that I got that image correct. Absolutely. So, and that, and, and my my guess is that's one of the reasons why you're so accurate is because you actually yeah. go back and and, and and double check the images or messages that yeah. you're receiving. And making sure you have that like a I'm verification saying, process. It seems like yeah. Well, that, that's right. That's why I ask people not to interrupt me. That's that's, that's you experience that. Um, the, so so what what I'm also doing is making sure that I'm saying it. I'm interpreting it in a way that my 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 client will understand. And and that's well, that's why they you know I get paid. Um, to, to do it to th- that way. Yeah. Um, and I'm really lucky. I didn't hang around a lot of psychics most of my life. So, so um, I, I never had to do the psychic fairs stuff. I never, I never had to do that. I, I, by, by, by the time those things were coming along, um, you know, it was in mid sixties and through the early seventies, I was getting my training. You know, by the time I was about 21 years old, I had done thousands of readings. Right. So, so like 21, 22, like by that time I had my 10,000 hours mm-hmm. um, and I was still only like 21, 22. And so, so um, there's nowhere that someone today can go to a place like the cozy tea room or something like that and get that kind of experience. There's just, there, there's just nowhere that you can get that. So, so um, because of that, I also have um, that, that just right place, right time, which, which has caused my ability. And, and then my, my commitment to developing my ability. Yes. Incidentally, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but I'm, I have some um, pretty serious literacy issues. Um, I, I didn't learn to read and write until I was in my late twenties, or oh, sorry, late know. late teens, and, and and I taught myself to, to to read and write. So what what you're you're, you're hearing all the words and stuff like I'm a grade eight graduate. Mm-hmm. I completed grade eight, you know, and the only reason I did. I had, I, like, I spent two years in grade seven. So the first year in grade seven, you know, I think my marks were like 48% or, you know, like 49%. My second year in grade seven, my marks were like 51% or 52%. And they just pushed me ahead. And then in grade eight, you know, I graduated about 53%. And they pushed me ahead. You know, I was the only kid in school at that time, you know, because I'd been there so long. I was the only kid that shaved, you know. I had like a, I had a heavier beard than a couple of my teachers. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, so they just sort of pushed me on into high school. But, but all the other stuff that was going on in my life, I made it through, um, September, October, and then in mid-November, 
Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I ran away and lived on the streets. And, and I, 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 I could barely read. Right. And, and I survived on the streets by using my psychic ability, my intuition. That's, that's how I got there. You know, one of the common denominators that I have, I don't know if it's a common denominator, one of the things that I've noticed, though, are the psychics that I've interviewed that are the best ones are also ones that seem to have had some of the most traumatic lives. Absolutely. Um, you know, I post, like I've been, you know, there's the difference between my life from um, June 2020, mm -hmm. before it and after it. Um, and if you go to my Facebook page, June from June of 2020 backwards, you would never know that I was a psychic or and it was all about my dogs or whatever. And then from June onward, all of a sudden, it's all been about about um, the, the, the psychic work. Um, I'm trying to remember the reason why you said that. Um, wh why? So what was the question you asked? Because I have a good answer. Well, it, was, it, wasn't really so, it was an observation about uh, the oh, best psychics okay. that I interviewed have all had like experienced okay. very traumatic okay. uh, early childhoods. Um, yeah, so we either turn into narcissists or sociopaths or empaths. That's one. So being psychic um, is a natural ability, a natural sense that just about all mammals have and just about all humans have that sense, that intuition that raw psychic ability. Yeah. Not every one of us. So if you think of a bell-shaped curve and we take all of the humans on the planet and we line them up, you know, shoulder to shoulder on the bell-shaped curve. At one end of the bell-shaped curve, there is one geek that is absolutely zero in terms of psychic awareness. Always one, okay? Then at the other side of the, the you know, the bell-shaped curve, there's another guy and this person or her, there's another girl, right? Um, that, that's absolutely 100% psychic. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of us fit somewhere in between. Now, psychic awareness is what caused us to evolve. It caused us so that we would be able to survive and not get eaten by saber-toothed tigers and stuff like that. So have you ever been sitting there somewhere, maybe at a restaurant when we were allowed to go out? Um, so, so imagine sitting at a restaurant sometime and you look up and there's someone been looking at you. And you make eye contact. Or you do the same thing. Say you're on a streetcar or a bus or something, and you start, you know, you see somebody and mm -hmm. you're just looking, and then they turn and look at you. Happens every day. Absolutely. Well, that's the first stage of being psychic. See, being psychic isn't spiritual. Being spiritual is a whole different story altogether. Mm -hmm. You can be psychic in a sleaze bag. You, you, you know, you don't have to be spiritual to be psychic. Right. You think this, another word for it could be street smart. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so we all have these basic instincts. Now, I... I don't know why. No, well, maybe I want to brag, but I don't, you know, if I brag or something, but I don't want to do that kind of stuff. Um, for whatever reason, this was my calling. And for whatever reason, I was in situations where I had the opportunity to solve the problem of a child in a snowstorm using my intuitive or psychic ability. 
or solving my problem using an illegal or an immoral um, app. Mm -hmm. Most of the time during those years, a year or two, I, I solved the problem by using my instincts, intuition, psychic ability. Most of the time I did. Sometimes I did the other sides. Um, children do things in snowstorms that they have to do just to stay alive. Um, there was no right or wrong decision. What was determined by the choice I made was which way my life would go. Mm -hmm. So, so there, there wasn't a right choice or a wrong choice, but my direction would be decided by the actions that I, that I did. And I almost always use my intuition, my, my psychic ability, almost always, just as I do today. I, I survived by it. So my awareness, my psychic ability has been honed. Um, uh, what is it when, when, when you're, um, they, they fire something in a, like a, jock, a blacksmith and they fire the, the metal, um, the iron, what's it called? Um, a forge? The, yeah. My skills have been forged by my survival on the street. Uh, my, my skills were, you know, were forged. Mm -hmm. And, and um, for whatever reason, I have, have, have and had a, a sense of value. In honesty, the reason why I have the rigid values, high values that I have is because I was trying to prove to my family that I was worthy enough. Mm to be in the home. I ran away, right? Because I right. didn't believe I, des I deserved to be in the house. So it was always doing my best to, to you know, to prove um, how valuable, how good, how worthy I am was, 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 was to be with my family. Hmm. You know, nobody goes on the street in the wintertime because things are wonderful at home. Yeah. Okay, so, so, but looking back on it, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Because I wouldn't be this Robert Lindsay now that I am. So, so the reasons that I had the standards was because I thought I was below what, what my biological family was. Mm -hmm. I, because of that, my, my values and ethics I saw my farther ahead. I, 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 I didn't, I, I've only recently realized that too. But it was because I didn't think I had the worthiness. So I did things to the best of my ability to be perfect so, so that I could get that. That's motivation. It sure was. Wow. It, it, it sure was. And also to eat. <laughs> Eating, yeah, the, 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 e eating and staying warm are good things. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so remember, I'm I'm not that spiritual a guy. Um, you know, I'm I'm not, and 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 I wasn't that spiritual as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I, I lived a pretty wild life, and you know, I I'm a smart person, and and you know, the time on the street wasn't as horrible as 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 a lot of people it sounded. I, I've always been a flamboyant person. I've always been um, 
I, I, well, after about five years old, I, I, I became a really good speaker. Mm-hmm. And I've improved on that, and that rather than being a reader, right. like reading books and stuff. So I, and and I used to have a really um, a really powerful memory, but um, I don't have that anymore. I got old, but but um, I used to ha- have an incredible memory, and I would be able to remember things, um, and and I was so. I don't know why I went there. Forgot. See, I told you didn't have a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I survived on the street um, because I was always willing to work. Um, one of the ways I survived is I'd work at a restaurant. I'd go in and apply at a restaurant to wash dishes and 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 um, for something to eat mm-hmm. or clean floor. And, and and I did that too. Um, is one of the ways. One of the things I never did was ever beg. I never stole anything um, on, on the street. I almost never went without food. A few times when I was hungry, but 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 um, I, I was always um, using my instincts to find the right place to be. I was almost always warm. Um, I wasn't in danger that much, and, and I was looking after some street people dur- during that time period too. Um, and I'm just trying to think of why I was doing it. So, so um, I also helped people when I was on the straight, people that were worse off than me, because it was how I survived, by, uh-huh. by helping people that were worse off. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, now, once again, I wasn't always like this, you know, real spiritual kid. Right. Yeah. Um, other ways I, I survived, um, there, there were, you know, the proverbial older um, ladies of the evening. Um, I was adopted on the street a couple of, by a couple of different older, you know, ladies of the evening. They mm-hmm. might have been twenty-five. Um, they, they would often take me home, and and um, some I would stay. I'd sleep in the same bed with, and some I would sleep on a couch. So, so. Um, and when when I stepped into bed, I had all the privileges of of um, being in the bed beside her too. <laughs> by the way, um, so so, so um, it also in, in I was I was I was raised by street people as as well, um, and and so so I, I I have an understanding of that of that way of thinking that that way. So why do people like me, um, psychics, go through that? Well, it's because we've learned to survive by that intuition, that instinct. Mm-hmm. And people that have been the most abused, we have the best um, skills for reading body language because that's what kept us alive. Yeah. Just see that look, we knew we need to get out of the way, <laughs> right? Or shut up, or, uh-huh. right? Just, just seeing that. And it's often unconscious. That's also part of being psychic. Right. So, all right, so I'm jumping around to a whole lot of different subjects, but mm-hmm. I'll tie them all, all, all up together. Now, being psychic um, is not spiritual. Being psychic is become aware of what's obvious. So become aware of what's right in front of you and see it. When you become aware of what's obvious, Yes. 
then more becomes obvious. And then when you become aware of what's more obvious, then even more becomes obvious until you're expanding your awareness to the point that what's obvious to you is not obvious to anyone else. <laughs> Sounds like the great secret. Well, it is. it's not even, but it's also obvious too. It's, it's, it is. it's such an obvious it thing that That's we will, right. you know, that saying like, like um, you know, if you want to hide something from somebody, put it in plain sight. <laughs> yeah. So become aware of what's obvious about that person that you're doing the reading for. You look at them. So um, you're using your awareness. Mm -hmm. So um, where I learned that incidentally, become aware of what's obvious. Well, I've learned it from different ways. Um, so I'll explain becoming aware of what's obvious. And, 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 and so think of somebody who is a house painter, somebody that paints the insides of people's houses. Right. All right. So I sometimes paint. No, not very much anymore, but I did. Um, so so I, I would paint and my friends would come over and say, wow, you did a great job. And what they were saying was, I like the color. So then a professional painter would come along and he'd walk in and say, who the hell did the paint job? Because that person's eyes are attuned to all the mistakes, all the bumps, because mm -hmm. it's obvious to that person because they do it all the time. When that person who sees what's obvious points it out to you, it will be obvious to you as well. So the more you know about something, as in the more you know about people, the more you know about situations, the more things become obvious. When I was doing phony and radio shows, that was my, and, and TV shows, that's a big part of my career for, I know, 35, 40 years, I mm -hmm. traveled around the world. Um, what, what I would do, I, and, 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 I'm really fanatical about listening to the readings I do. I, I still do. Um, I um, every month, I, at the end of every month, I do, I listen to two or three readings that I've done. And um, because what I'm looking for is to see that I'm staying fresh. I, I look at, I make sure that I'm saying things uh, in, in, in a way that the person understood. I'm making sure that I'm not falling into patterns or routines, and I'm making sure that I'm always sounding fresh. Um, because that's really important. Right. So you're always, so, always kind of comparing yourself to yourself. I always am comparing myself to myself. So, so um, other things in, in that. So, so I, 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 I look at readings and I'm, and I'm assessing that. And every now and again, I go to get readings, but I don't care what the person's saying to me. I just, I want to see how they're saying it. Mm -hmm. I just want to check that out. Okay. So 
Um, a lot of times, and the way I would work on the radio or TV, people would call up, give me their first name, where they're calling from. And I would ask them to think of a question, but don't ask her. And all I want them to do is tell me their first name and where they're calling from. That's it, right? Hi, my name is Mary. I'm calling from Manhattan. Okay, thanks a lot, Mary. Boom, and I start talking about Mary. Just like that. Mm -hmm. And and often I would be, and nine out of 10 calls would be starting off with the very thing that they want to know about. Just, just do that. Um, I used to listen to air checks. And sometimes when I'm doing this, you know, somebody phones up and I go bam and I just hit them and, and just connect and, and it goes. While I'm doing that on, on, on one of those TV screens, there's a voice saying, Robert, this is so bloody obvious. They're going to know that you're just a fraud. This is bullshit, man. They're, everyone's going to know that you're just making this up or that it's really easy to do because it's so bloody obvious. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when I listen to air checks and I'm hearing what I'm saying to that person, but I'm hearing it when I'm not focused, and I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, that's not obvious at all. <laughs> Whoa, where did that, where, where did, hey, where did, um, hi, I'm Mary from, you know, Manhattan. And I say, oh, Mary, um, who tore the wallpaper in your house last night? Mm -hmm. well, oh, isn't that, doesn't everybody see that? Well, when I'm in that state, everybody does, I guess. Yeah. I do. But later... Oh, that wasn't obvious. So, but in the moment, it was. Because I became aware of what's obvious. And then more becomes obvious. Are we running out of time? No. Are we getting tired, Gary? I, okay. <laughs> I was just enthralled in this. About it was obvious that it was obvious. Yes. You know, but, but it's... It's fascinating because um, it's, uh, you know, the information that, that you receive, you know, is obvious to you, but it's not obvious to other people. Um, That's only because I look. Yeah, but it's not something that everybody can do. Look? Of course you can. Mm hmm So... Um, so what I've done, uh, okay, um, just about everybody can be psychic. Very few can be psychic as me. Right. Not because I started out being so good, but because I worked so fucking hard at it mm -hmm. is why I got so good. Although I did have a talent and, and, and I did um, push it. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, but other people, and, and so I put more time into it. So anybody can become a bodybuilder. Anybody can get, put their body in really a beautiful shape mm -hmm. by working out and, diet and all that kind of stuff but they may not have the actual body of a uh a competitive bodybuilder but you sure can make yourself look beautiful okay so being psychic now that's and all you're doing when you're being a bodybuilder is you're taking what you already have and build on it 
Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, that's the same as being psychic. So just about everybody could be a bodybuilder. You know, if you can move um, your hand and the rest of you is paralyzed, you can make that the toughest hand in the world. Or, you know, you, you can do it. So, so it's the same with being psychic as well. So, so um, everybody has, almost everybody has a little bit. So the more you do it, because it's natural, the better you get at it. The more familiar you are with it, the more experiences that you have, the, the, the better it is. And, and so, so it's simply practice though. And right. every, almost everybody can do it if they want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just kind of like playing guitar. The more you work at it, one day you can be great as me. Yeah. Or podcasting. Yeah. Interesting. That's right. <laughs> so one, one of the other things that I want to touch on tonight is, and this is, you're the only person I've talked to who's, who has done this, is now sort of allowing yourself to be used as like a human battery. It's pretty fucking stupid, isn't it? I guess in a way it is. <laughs> because who wants to be drained? Um, it, um, it didn't start that way. Um, so my, my life, I, I, I seem to be so, and, and, and as I've reflected back, um, my my life is 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 one of giving service absolutely and and um it's not a part-time job i'm 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 on the job all the time so um when i'm out my radar is on and if there's something going wrong somebody's in trouble i see it do it and mostly react to it Mm -hmm. Um, besides doing my psychic work, um, take away from that, doing my psychic work, sitting down, doing readings, um, being on TV and radio and stuff, um, I have saved, physically saved more people's lives than I can remember. Um, I do them and I, I forget. I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, one time um, in my office was in downtown Toronto uh, um, and I used to drive down and, and my dentist also was right in the core. And, and um, instead of driving from my office to my dentist's office, I, I would take the subway in Toronto because it was like about a hundred times easier because traffic is crazy. So on this day, I was going to see my, my, my dentist, get on the subway going, um, eastbound on, on Bloor Street, get off at Young Street and straight down to Queen Street, which is right where my dentist is. There's another way to go, but it goes down University and it's a lot longer and it goes all the way down around, hooks around the city and comes back up and stops at Queen Street as well. That's the long way. And I almost never went on that way. So this particular day, um, I don't know, I was just whistling or something. So I get on the subway, traveling eastbound. We get to St. George, which was the street where where it would be the different way. Mm-hmm. And I just got off the subway 
got off the car. So now I had to get off an eastbound car and get on a southbound car. I went downstairs to the platform. And this platform uh, was uh, one where everybody stood on the platform on either side. You know, the northbound came in one side, south on the other. And I was waiting, I wanted to get on the southbound uh, train. As I was going down the stairs, I heard a train coming or a train coming. I, I ran down, I thought I was on the, south, on, the, on the southbound platform and I was standing there and I was, there, there was a train and um, I was standing there. And as I got close to the doors, the doors started to close. You know, I wasn't that close to the door, so I was cool. And I just sort of stepped back a little bit. Mm -hmm. This this young Chinese woman came running out in front of me, right in front of me, and stepped up to the car, the street or the subway. She put her foot in between as the doors were closing and got her foot caught in the door of the subway that was just about to start. And she was standing in front of me. And I just looked at her, reached forward, I bent down, put my hands around her ankle, and I pulled her foot out of her shoe. Mm -hmm. And then I stepped back, and then I let go. And um, she didn't quite realize what happened, but she knew her shoe was there. And then as the train started to move, um, her shoe came out and started bouncing. And just, and then she bent down to try and catch her shoe. And just as she was doing that, she started to fall forward. And it was just at the space where the car was, like the space between the right. two cars. And she was doing a header. And once again, I just wrapped my arms around her waist, put my arms around her and stepped back. And then I let go. And then I realized that I was standing on the northbound platform and I wanted to go on the southbound platform. And at that point, a bunch of people came around, went up to the woman, started hugging her and stuff. And the southbound train came and I said, okay, see ya. And I got on the train, went southbound and I was just sitting there. And I, I think I just saved her life. Yeah, she would have lost her head. Well, that's right. And, and, and that was the effect on me. But, but, I, but, I, but I survived like that on the street as well. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those things happen um, all the time. So they happen also because I watch. I, I'm, I'm aware. I, I send the energy out. So, so that's part of being um, this psychic Robert Lindsay Mill. That, mm -hmm. that, that's part of it. Um, um, there, there, uh, there's many times I've, I've done that. This experience, mostly forget though. Hmm. So, you know, we were talking before we, we logged on. You know, about you. I don't know if you want to talk. You can have to talk anything, about this if you don't want we, to. None of the swear but, words. But but, yeah. uh, but about it's sort of like assisting people as they're passing away. Or yeah. when they're in that Bardo state of in between life and death, yes. which I know that's something that you're definitely familiar with. Yes. Um, and, you know, and we're talking about how, you know, you're you're actually just giving your energy to somebody so they can live a little bit longer. It's a really nice thing to do, isn't it? It's an amazing thing to do. I I mean, it's incredible, and not every, I, mean, I don't know if we can all do it, but. You know, it's okay, so, certainly so, kind. Um, my, my thinking in, in life, and, and I, I used to say that people that do this work, 
We're, we we are wired differently. I don't know because I don't know. I don't really know that many psychics, um, I, I, and I can't. And I and I and I won't speak for others. But my wiring, my instinct is what can I do, rather than what can I get. Mm-hmm. How do you think that can go wrong in life? But 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 my instinct is first reaction: what can I do? In some ways, I'm really bright. When we talk about this work, you know, I'm a fucking genius. But but I'm not that bright in other areas. In fact, stupid and and, and dull in, in in other parts. This is it. Um, my focus is I I can't um, stop world hunger. I can't create world peace. I, I can't do anything in the world. What, what I can do is help the person in front of me. Hmm. And, and for me, that's what I can do. So I can feed the hungry person in front of me. I can help the sick person in front of me. I can, I can help the person up that's fallen down. Um, that I can do. So, so my focus is what can I do, but, but it's, but it's, 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 it's a, a narrow focus and I'm really good at that. Mm-hmm. So, so world predictions, I'm not that good at individual predictions. Right. I'm really good at. Okay. okay. And that's because that's what I'm focused on, you know, mm-hmm. you know solving the problem right in front of me. Um, and I also have, um, so, so I, I can't, I, I can't change world hunger. I can feed the person in front of me. Well, one of the things that I do, not so much since the pandemic, because we're not using very much cash here in Canada. We're using online um, stuff to make our payments now. Um, Apple Pay and, you know, tap mm-hmm. on, on your credit cards and debit cards. And um, hopefully when the, um, excuse me, when we all get our, our, our vaccinations, we'll uh, start, you know, having cash again. Street people will be getting a whole lot more cash, cash too. So, <clears throat> so I have this... Um, um, this, uh, um, money altar and, and it's a, um, um, purple, um, cloth. um, and on top of the pur- purple cloth is a, is a, um, um, a water fountain in front of the water fountain is, is a little dish. Mm-hmm. And, um, every time I go out, um, and I buy things with cash, I never take the change. So we don't have $1 bills anymore. We used to have $2 bills, but we don't have $2 bills anymore. So we have $1 coins we call loonies because that's what's on it, a loon. Mm-hmm. And then we have a toonie and that's a $2 coin. And that's called a toonie because it's a $2 coin for the loon on it. So a two. So, so um, I, I would always, when I use bills, I would always keep that change. And uh, when I go home, I come, I come to where the altar is and, and I put the money in the altar and, and it's a crystal, little crystal dish. And, and I thank um, the, the gods or whatever, the energy of the universe. And, and I thank them um, for the funds, the monies that I'm about to receive. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I feel, um, or, or whatever variation 
Okay, I could say, um, I have my mortgage now fully paid or, you, you know, make, making um, positive affirmations when you put the coins in the, in, in the dish. Once they go in the dish, they're not yours anymore. You can't, you know, if, if you take them out and spend them, man, you just like, you change the energy. So once, once, once you got the, the, the money and, and the dish is full, you take the coins out and give them to charity. Mm -hmm. so what i do is is i take the coins out and i put them in a plastic bag and 20 sometimes 20 dollars in coins sometimes 40 and i and i fill the bags and then and then i go out looking for people that that um i want to give the money to mm -hmm. and um i interact with them i talk to them and and when i say i play with them i i don't play with them mockingly um i play with them in in um there's okay so this this one time it's cold winter night um friday night was dark and a, and a blizzard was coming on and and, and i was at a place in, in toronto where where you drive across this really big bridge and 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 one of the main streets go from being called bloor street and on the other side of the bridge it's it's, it's then called the danforth so just before, just before um, uh, you get to the bridge, there's a stop sign or stoplights, and the snow was coming down. It was really cold, and the traffic was jammed. And um, there was this guy walking around to the cars, begging for money. Mm -hmm. And this guy looked like Igor. This guy could have played Igor with no with no makeup, you, you know, like in a Frankenstein movie, right. Igor, right? But, you know, the guy had like you know his frontal lobes were protruding. Um, he had this kind of ugly, uh, wild face. Um, he appeared to have a hunchback. His his arm was dangling down. Uh, um, his pant leg was rolled up, and there were sores all over his leg, and he had his pant rolled up pant leg rolled up and he's, mm -hmm. and, he's, and he's limping around in the snow. And um, the reason he had his pant leg rolled up is because it was obvious the source hurt his leg right. to have his pant leg rolled down. But it was freezing outside. So he was going to cars and stuff and I rolled uh, the, the window down and I said, hey, buddy, um, your, your, your pant leg, you should roll it down, your leg's gonna freeze. Guy says to me, Go fuck yourself, buddy. And I say, okay, I'll give you 10 bucks if you do. And the guy comes running over, his pant leg is down and I give him the 10 bucks. I said, hey, thanks a lot, man. You know? So there I was playing with him. You know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, okay, well, I'll give you 10 bucks if you roll your pants down. So there was another time, <laughs> um, the area that I spent a lot of time when, when I was in my teenage years like, uh, on the street is an area now that's now the gay village in Toronto. It wasn't the gay village in, in, in those days. It, it, it evolved into it. Um, so because I spent a lot of time in that, that area, um, you know, there is a soft spot in my heart. So, so often I go to that neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, you know, to give money to the kids or the people. So this one night, um, I, I was uh, giving out some bags and um, I was having, uh, I ordered a hot dog from one of those hot dog vendors 
And then I stepped back, had my back against the wall. I'm still a street kid, you know, like I'm 72, but I still have my street smarts. So I leaned my back up against the wall and I was just watching who was coming by. And there coming up to me uh, was the dirtiest looking kid I've, I've ever seen. So when I say kid, um, I'm saying 23, 24, 25, something, something right. like that. This, this kid was really dirty. Um, and uh, he, he comes walking up to me and he says, um, uh, can you spare a loony? And I said, um, what do you want it for? And he said, um, do you really, do you want me to tell you the truth? And I said, well, of course I want you to tell me the truth. What do you want it for? And he said, are you really sure? And I said, well, unless you tell me, you're not going to get it. So he says, no, okay, I want to buy some drugs with it. And I said, for a dollar? Where can you buy any drugs for a buck? And he said, oh, I want some, I want some marijuana, right? And I said, because um, like, okay, so who's your dealer? Because I'd like to know, because like, you know, what, what, what do you get for a buck? He says, well, it's just a start. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. Um, all right, I can give you a dollar. I've got that, I got a toonie and I reached in my pocket and I deliberately pulled out one of the $40 bags and he put his really dirty grimy hand out and he took it and he looked at it and he was astonished because there was like toonies and loonies and quarters, you know, he could hardly hold his arm, I was really heavy. And he looked at me and he got this look in his eye and he said, are you looking for a date? And I said, oh, no, no, it's okay, man. It's, it's, it's okay. And he said, then why? Um, why have you given this to me? And I said, because you're worth it. And the kid got really teary-eyed. And he, he went to put his arms around me. And I said, well, it's okay. Um, but you are worth it. And he got really touched and he was starting to walk away. And I said, excuse me, I, I, I can do a little bit better. And he comes over and I reached in my pocket, pulled out a joint and handed it to him and said, see? And I gave him a joint too. <laughs> you know, so, so like I interact with the people and, and I listen to what they say. I interact, I talk to them and I always leave them on a high. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them how special or how beautiful and how good they are. It's amazing. Um, a lot of people hassle me because I give the money to the people on the street. They say, well, you should be giving the money to charities so that they can look after bunches. Well, no, if I'm going to be giving away, I want to see that person's eyes. And the person that I'm looking for is not the one that's going to a shelter. The person I'm looking for is the one that won't go to a shelter. The person that I'm looking for is the one that might not make it through the night. And I want to help that person make it through the night mm -hmm. so that they can have another day. And if they're going to use drugs, great. It gets them through the night so that they can have another day. That's the reason. Yeah. There, there, there was this one time I was walking down the same neighborhood, I'm walking down the street and there's this kid sitting down at the, at, a, at the, um, leaning against the wall. And, and there's a, um, a cardboard coffee cup sitting there with his legs crossed. And you, know, you could see that 
you know, he's having trouble, like that he has some some psychological or emotional. You can see that he was a wounded kid. Nobody on the street is okay. You know, when you're like that, you're not okay. So so you could so anybody doing that's not okay. So as I was walking by, um, I saw the cup on the ground. And I stopped and I looked into the cup. And he looked up at me and I said to him, excuse me, is, is this your cup? And, and he said, yeah. And I said, well, I've been wondering, well, what do you use it for? And he said, to put money in. And I looked down and I said, there isn't any money in it. You're not having a very good day. And he said, no, I'm not doing very good. And I said, let me just see how if I can make your day a little bit better. And I reached in my pocket and come up with another another um, bag of coins. Mm -hmm. And I put it in his hand. And then I just walked away, laughing. Another time, same corner, same spot, there's a guy there sitting there. Um, and he's a little spacey. Um, and again, this guy's got a, 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 a coffee cup, like a, a, a cardboard mug. And, and he has a sign. And um, the sign is um, spare change. And as I'm walking by, he says, hey, do you have any spare change? And I stop. And then I look at his sign and I look at him and I say, I am so sorry. I just don't have any change. If I had some, I would give it to you. What can we do? Would you be offended if I gave you bills instead of coins? And the guy looked at me and he, and he started blinking his eyes like, what do you mean? Give me bills instead of coins. And, and he said, no, no, I'll take any bill that you have. And I said, oh, okay. Well, actually, I, I was thinking of two. What, what, would you be all right with that? Because I don't want to offend you. He said, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take two. And I gave him two 20s. <laughs> and the guy was stunned. And as I was walking down the street, turned around and looked at him, and I, I, I saw light in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And that, and they make it to the next day. That's the person I want to help. Hmm. And because they're, but for the grace of God, go I. So, so how does this tie into you sort of allowing people to use some of your psychic energy? Uh, well, that got carried away a little bit. <laughs> That's an overextension of the, of the, of the process. Um, um, is, is it because is it, like when you started, like I was thinking, I like, okay, maybe, maybe, right, maybe back to it. Maybe uh, um, you brought me back to it. Okay, so let me tell you. Okay, so I was thinking um, maybe it was started, an analogy or something like the coins or like a buildup of energy and you give no, it away. So 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 um, um, as time wore on, I, I I did bigger things for people, um, and I often would get led into it. So in 2004, which was like a really awful time for me, like it was just terrible, awful. I hated everybody. It was really a downtime. And, 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 and on the other hand, I was living in this, this beautiful old um, fourplex and it was built in 1927. And mm -hmm. It was just really well maintained. It was just beautiful. And, and I loved it a lot. 
um, when I moved in one month later, there was a new owner. And the owner was very ill. Um, and him and his wife recognized me from a TV show I'd been on quite regularly in Toronto at the time, but hadn't been doing it for a while. And in some ways I was, you know, like really down on my luck and, and, and I, I, I was burned out and had, had, was having trouble doing a lot of readings and it was a difficult time. Anyway, they recognized me. I also knew that this guy was sick and um, I also knew that he was dying. And, and I knew that he was dying of cancer because it was obvious. So, well, well to me it was. Um, so, because I wasn't doing a lot of readings or I, I, I was turning down a lot of readings. I just wasn't doing readings. I was turning them down. Um, I just started looking after the building. And I started being like the janitor and I, and I cut the grass and, you know, took, look, look, took care of all the, um, uh, the gardens and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that just because I wanted to do it. And then he saw that I was I liked doing that, and he had a bunch of other buildings. And because he wasn't well enough to do that, I I, I started doing that and started running, running his business and doing all that physical work. And for several months, um, and he got sicker and sicker and sicker. And often we would get together in the day, and we'd meet, and we'd go around to his buildings and things like that. And he would talk to me about psychic things and. Um, he, he, um, started being dependent on me and, um, there would be a time where we'd be out driving and I, um, to look at a property and I'd see him start to fade and get really weak. And, and I would focus and oh, by the way, I thought this guy was a sleazebag. Um, I would get, I would get, um, I would, I would feel, because uh, he was a sleazebag, by the mm -hmm. way, he, he, he did sleazy things, um, but but um, not my but not my place to judge that. that. That's not what my role was. Mine was something different. Uh, so I I um, saw that he was, you know, I would see that he would get weak and get tired, and 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 I would send energy to him, uh, and he would perk up, and um, that just started happening on a regular basis when we were together, and then it just I started doing it more often. As he got sicker and sicker and sicker, um, there, there was one time, and I learned a lot about dealing with sick people then. Um, we'd been, he, he always asked me, um, did, was he going to live? And, and I always um, stayed away from it. And then this one day, you know, he said to me, Robert, you got to tell me the truth. Do you think I'm going to make it? And, 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 and I said, Wayne, do you really want to know the answer to that question? Like, like, do you really want to know? He said, oh yeah, I'm really ready to listen here now. And I said, like, Wayne, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I want to be. And I stopped the car and I, I looked over at him and, and I said, no, I don't think you're going to make it this time. I, 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 I think this is, um, you're, you're coming to the end. The guy melted down. He started crying and freaking out. Oh my God, I'm going to die. It's really going to happen. I'm thinking, I'm never going to say that to somebody ever again. I'm just never going to answer that question. So anyway, he freaked out. Then I brought him home and his wife yelled this, what'd you say to Wayne? And everybody yelled at me for Wayne, right? <laughs> so I, I learned that lesson. Anyway, so a couple of days later, his wife called me and said, Wayne has to go to the hospital. And um, he's 
um, that's, I don't want him to go along. Would you follow the ambulance um, and sit with him in the merge? In, in Canada, uh, when, when somebody comes in an ambulance into a merge, the ambulance attendants stay with that person until they're admitted into the hospital. Mm -hmm. So they could sit there for 10 hours. So, um, so, so Wayne, Wayne, they, she wanted me, his wife wanted me to sit with him. So I sat with him during that time and giving him all kinds of support. He got admitted after about 10 hours. And over the next week, um, I had conversations with him and I went to see him. And there was one time where he was really afraid that he was dying. He was, it, and, and he was panicking. And right behind him, there were some lights. And he had that glaze in his eyes of one who is about to die. Mm -hmm. And there were these bright lights behind him. And he was frightened. And, and he was really freaking out. And, and, and I said to him, Wayne, just look over your shoulder. They're, they're, see, see the lights. What are they? And he saw one. And I, all I saw was a light. And, and he said, it's my mother. Thing is about this guy, his mother died when he was eight. So in this state, he said, you know, this is my mother. And, but yet he's still panicking. So he cooled out that day. <clears throat> the next day, I saw him again and pointed out to him where the lights were. The day after that, um, and by the way, the building got sold the day after that because mm -hmm. he couldn't run and I'd been running that building too. And it was in the afternoon and I came home and laid down and fell asleep on, on my bed in the afternoon. And I had this dream and I was dreaming about Wayne. And what I was dreaming about Wayne is that he was, his soul was leaving his body, but he didn't want it to happen. But yet, his feet came up out of his body and, and his, his soul, that, that, that energy was leaving. And he was hanging on to the, his physical body and his astral body was floating up. And, and it was so much so that, that his fingers and arms were stretching out because he was holding on so tight, he didn't want to let go. And he had that silent scream on his face. He was in panic. And he looked at me, this is in a dream, right? He looked mm -hmm. at me and then, and then um, I looked behind him and saw this most dazzling white, bright light, bright white light, as clear, it, it, if it would have been a normal light that bright, it would have blinded me. I've never seen anything like it. And then there was this person and, and, and Wayne, his body's coming out or his astral body's coming out of his body and he's got that look of the panic you know the scream that 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 famous painting with the guy the silent scream yeah. he's got that look on his face because he's dying he doesn't mm -hmm. know what to do and, and 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 i said to him wayne look over your shoulder who is that and he looked over his shoulder and he said again it's my mother and he let go of his body and he stood up and he walked over to her and he took her hand and the two of them turned and started walking to the light. And there was um, the woman and Wayne was a little boy. Mm -hmm. And they walked off into the light and he never looked back. When that happened, um, now I'm dreaming. When that happened, the telephone was ringing. 
And I got up and answered the phone and it was the lawyer's office calling me saying that, that um, I had to come to the office right away to bring the keys to the lawyer's office so they can sign the, the um, papers for, to close the, sell, the sale of the house. Uh-huh. All at the same time when Wayne was leaving his soul, wow. or his soul was leaving his body, all at the same time, except in real life, um, I was returning the keys. Hmm. And when he left, it was when, it was when the lawyer called. Wow. Yeah. So that was when I got sucked into it. Um, then, then I started doing it in um, mid, then, then, then um, I was involved with a woman that got into an accident. She was in a rehabilitative hospital and I used to come to visit her every day with my dogs. And my dogs would then start interacting with the patients. And then I'd find myself helping um, and more in emotional things rather than physical. Mm-hmm. I, I found myself with, with, with my dogs adding and, and giving energy. And it just started from there. And then Tom, right. then it happened with Tom. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there was another woman, I can't talk about her very much, but then there was another one that, that had, that, that had a, a, a serious illness and was being treated with phages and, and she didn't live. She didn't survive. And she died when my was mentally connected with her and she was not ready to die. And she didn't know she was sick and was going to die. And, and um, I, I was with her mentally. Um, I said, I wasn't going to do that anymore. That really mm. messed me up. And then there's a person that I'm working with right now. Hmm. It's amazing. I mean, I don't know. Your whole life has been about giving. It's proving that I'm worthy enough to be loved. Oh, that you definitely are. It's it's proving that that um, being rejected by my family, um, it's proving that they were wrong, and to be um, you know I, I, I like I said I, I I'm not really that spiritual I'm not really that spiritual a person. Um, you know, I like like I said, I I, I lived on the streets. Yeah. So so there's a a, a, a roughness to me. Um, now this will startle, this will stun you. My dad believed my purpose was to play hockey in the NHL, <laughs> and that if I didn't play hockey in the NHL, I would be a failure in life. And when I was two and a half years old, I got my first pair of skates. By the time I was five, I was exercising and shooting the puck. When I was six, I was taking figure skating lessons. And when I was seven, I was playing in a hockey league with kids that were set, that were eight. Mm-hmm. And I spent most of my hockey career playing with kids at least a year older than me. And I was a star, but I also was small. And 
long story, my dad made an error with, with who he took me to play for. My dad wanted me to get released so that I could go and play for the Toronto Marlies, which was the farm team for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh -huh. I made the team, but the league I was with wouldn't release me. My dad got into a big fight with the league. I ended up sitting out for a year. I never played hockey ever again. And at 14 years old, I believe that I was an absolute failure in life and I could never, ever. Um, I, I was a complete failure and I never would ever have a chance of, of, of being successful because I didn't make it to the NHL. I was not smart enough to do anything else, according to my dad, and all I could do was play hockey. And that's what my whole life was. Mm -hmm. um, when I was no longer able to play, I, I believed I had no purpose. And I was so ashamed, but I had a shit beat out of me too as a kid. It's not like it's not like there was just one incident. Right. And something happened, I was about four, 14 and a half, and one night I just climbed out the window. And, and ran away. And, and at 14, I was broke. I, my spirit was broken inside. I was crushed. Um, so I, I thought that if I could prove I'm worthy, then, then, then I could go home. Did you ever go home? I never lived full, at home full time um, after that. Did you ever make peace with your dad? My dad's still alive, and the he answer is, is yes. Yeah, oh, my dad's great. My dad's still alive. Um, he's ninety-two. I'm forty-two. Wow. Yeah, my dad just stopped working this time last year when the <laughs> pandemic came along. I'm serious. <laughs> and and you know he's really aged pretty pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. um, there were many years I went many many years without seeing or speaking to him. Um, he he uh, told me that he would be, he believed his only son was a fraud and a charlatan. He he said that. I um, was the only person he'd ever known that never had a job. Mm -hmm. and, you know, well, things were a little strained between him and I um, for a long time. And it wasn't until I was in my 50s that, that we started talking. And I might have been 57, 58. And since that time, I've been, I've been seeing my dad every Sunday. He still says um, I never, I'm the only guy he never met, he's never met, never had a job. <laughs> But you see, the thing is, what happened for me is I stopped trying to get the approval. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden I got it, even when I didn't really care if I got it or not. But when I stopped <laughs> trying to get it and just living my life um, was, was, when, was when I got that approval. My dad right. thinks I'm really great now. It, it, you know, it's... it's um, it's uh, 65 years late, but 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 he's got it, and thank goodness he does. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah, and I made I my mother my mother was 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 horribly vicious, brutal. She beat shit out of us, my, mm -hmm. myself and my three sisters. Rubber rubber rubber, uh, rubber hoses, skipping ropes, uh, uh, yardsticks, spatulas. Hmm. throw knives at you, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, so that was also the environment. And I also came to terms with, and while not close, like intimately close, like you should be with, uh, with a parent, I did make peace with my mother also. That's, that's good. You know, I, I, I it was I, for me. I, I had something like that, like, like with my parents, I always had 
a pretty good relationship with my mom. With my dad, it was always a little bit shaky. And then I always figured, like, when my dad was, like, he's, like, he's like 12 years older than my mom. So I always figured he would pass away first, you know. And he didn't. My mom passed yeah. away first. And then I ended up having to take care of my dad. Wow. And I was, what was that like? Oh, was it was brutal, actually. Sometimes it was really tough, you know, because because he wasn't always the nicest guy, even even at that, even you know, all the way to the end. Sometimes he'd be pretty grouchy, and then he'd have moments where he was nice, you know. And um, I don't know, it, it was just weird. But uh, in in the end, you know, after he passed away, is when I started seeing some of his traits in me. Whoa, and I started yeah. look, looking at myself a little bit deeper and said, damn it, I'm a lot like him. <laughs> All the things, some of the things, I, a lot of things I disliked about him, I have. Yep. Uh, I've just used them in different oh, ways, you know. Yes. And, and And then that realization was sort of the process for me for, for uh, forgiveness. And Forgiveness is for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not for the other for person. <laughs> no, it's for you. And forgiveness isn't, Oh my God, I love you again. That's not forgiveness either. No. Forgiveness is, I just, I'm just gonna let this go. I've, I, you know, I, I, I can carry this if I want. I don't want. I, I, I just, I, I just, I, I, I just let this go. Mm -hmm. That's it. And, and that's what forgiveness is. And it's a gift to yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how. Uh this template has been designed. Yours? Or oh, everyone's? Oh, everyone's. Yes. It's an interesting template. I, to, to me, I do think it has to do with love. You know, whether it's spiritual love or, or not, what? the template. What? I think the, the templates that we're given when we're born or whatever it is, it, it, it's made to teach us about love, I think. Yes, it is. Um, Here's a concept, just kind of blow your mind. So our our universe consists of positive and negative. Yeah. All right. So on our planet, what we are focused on learning is love. Mm -hmm. Okay. So look at how we're behaving. Look at the terrible things that we do while our lesson is love. Well, we need those things to learn love. Okay. Now, imagine, because if there's positive, there's negative, there's another planet somewhere that's diametrically opposite to us. Mm -hmm. And their purpose is to learn hate. Diametrically opposite lesson. Mm -hmm. And there's one like that somewhere. Probably. Has to be. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, like, like as a kid, you know, I, I was like a lot like you, like I, I left pretty young. And, How old? Uh, I guess I was about 17 when I moved out. And first I, I lived like in this like boarding house type of place because I met some girl yeah. and then I ended up living in like this boarded up house in the city. And, and, and during that time, though, I was going to like a whole lot of punk shows, you know, I was, I was like hanging out with the Ramones and stuff. Yeah. But okay. one of the things that I used to love about 
that type of music and that scene was it was almost so angry sometimes yeah. and, and the crowd got so into it and so angry that that anger turned right back into love that's interesting yeah huh. and that's like i kind of learned like like they're the same thing one can be just turned into the other well, love and hate well, are the is the positive and negative expression of the same emotion. Yeah, yeah, but I think sometimes like there's a, a line that crosses where you, you just cross right over. You hate yeah. somebody so much that you actually end up loving them again. Well, that's because you already did. You're exactly. Just, you're just you're just expressing it in a different way or getting in touch with the positive side of the emotion. Mm -hmm. It's always there. Or you just get the negative part out of the way, and then the good part comes back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we need to be aware of what those that 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 negative side is, yeah, and 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 be aware and 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 be mindful that we can slide back into that. It will always be us. Mm -hmm. Our responsibility is is actually to stay balanced, because balance is the key to power. I think that's what I try to do now. My as I get older. But sometimes what happens when you do when you get older, man. <laughs> but sometimes I still like to get angry and cop a resentment for a little while. It makes me feel better. Hey, I get angry when I don't decide it. It happens, you know. Sometimes I can get really pissed off. Yeah. And I do. It's human. What oh and, and what I what I also do though is now I don't like getting pissed off anymore. I, mm. I don't like blowing my sack anymore. I used to. It's the way I'd get my way. But, but, but I don't like doing that anymore. Um, I don't like doing that for a lot of reasons. Um, so, so what I've decided, and this isn't like yesterday, this is like about 15 years ago. I decided that if I ever blow my stack, unload, freak out on somebody, mm -hmm. if I do, um, I, I have to go back and apologize and make it right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so I decided that I would do that. So that makes it easier for me to keep my control. Mm -hmm. Because it's really difficult to go out and say, "Look, I'm sorry. I was a jerk the <laughs> other day. It wasn't you. My fault." And 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 and, and there is nothing um, that you did that that would have deserved my tie right. Right. And I am profoundly sorry. Um, that's not easy to do. No. So so because I have that vow, that helps me keep it keep me under control. So that I don't go out and blow my stacks on. Hey, Robert, if mm -hmm. you do, you have to make it up to the person. Okay. Even if my my position was justified, as I was correct in it, <laughs> if I blow my stack, I apologize for how you know, because because there is no justification for deliberately causing harm to mm -hmm. another living being. You're absolutely right. Okay, so so when I do that, and so I vow that if I do, I, I will make it right. So mm -hmm. because it's so difficult, it's easier just to shut my mouth than it is to have to make it right. Yeah. So I've been learning that discipline. That's been a part of it too. Yeah, that's what I do too. And most of the time, I just try not to say anything. And when I do mess it up, I got to go back and 
Correct. Fix it. Even if I'm, even if the other person is wrong, that part doesn't matter to me. You know, it, it, it's, it's my actions. That's right. That's right. I own my side of it and keep it moving. Yes. Awesome. Hey, man. Well, thanks for being on today. What time is it? What time is it for you? It is 930. So where are you in time? Like, like whereabouts are you? I'm in Alabama. So what time zone are you Oh, in? Central. Okay. 930 is 1030. And we met at 8? Well, 7 my time. Which was 8 my time. Let me just look at the clock. That's quite the time, man. It's it's 10.30, yeah. and we started at, at um, 8 o'clock. Yep. So two and a half hours. Now, if you want, there there's enough for a couple of shows. No, I, I put it all out at once. You're going to put it all together, like oh, two yeah. hours out? Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. And yeah. sometime in a few months, we'll come back and talk about more stuff. Yeah. There's, there's more to me than just doing readings. I know. As you're, as you're seeing. Yep. Amazing. And, and I'm just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I, and I was saying, I'm just coming out of a, of a, a cycle in my life that was reclusive and, and, and to a degree shutting down. Um, not quitting, um, but, you know, I said, you know, the best part of my work has been done. I, I don't want to do shows anymore and be the performing psychic. I just want to be an old fashioned psychic and people come to me for readings. So I do 500, 600 readings a year. Mm-hmm. And that's slowing down for me. Most people don't do that. <laughs> um, but, 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 um, and, and I thought that's the way it was going to go until I just, you know, faded away. And then, and then all of a sudden the perfect predator came along in that book. Um, and then, and then being invited on shows. And I was afraid that I didn't have it anymore. And I was afraid I wasn't sharp enough. Are we on, is this being recorded? Yeah. Yeah. We're still on. Are we going to, when are we going to stop? You want to stop? Well, first. Oh, no, well, I'm not going to tell this. Um, no, I'm not going to tell this story. Then. Okay. So, so, so before we wrap it up. Okay. Where can my listeners find you? RobertLindsayMilne.com. That's my new website. RobertLindsayMilne.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram soon, and uh, Twitter fairly soon too. So, Robert Lindsay Milne. All right, and I'm going to post that link in the uh, notes of this episode so my listeners are listening. They can click on there and check you out. And it is a beautiful site, I have to say. Whoever made that did an amazing job. It took me... um, I I set the record with this guy. It took him longer or me longer to get that website done than anybody that that he'd ever worked with. It took took two years. Hmm. Because I didn't know how, how I wanted to be presented. Uh-huh. I didn't know. Well, I um, I didn't know. Um, I, I also wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to have a website anymore. Um, I, I wasn't sure about that. And, and, and it took me two years to, to, to figure out how I wanted to be presented to the world. The way I had mostly been is like when you saw that picture on my Facebook page when I was like 35 wearing that fancy suit. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my performing clothes then and through that era. Um, and, and, and that's how my, my work was. Um, 
I was having trouble. H- how am I going to present myself? We're not recording, right? Yeah, we're recording. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for coming on today. All right. Thank you. All right. Hold on one second. I'm just going to play the outro. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.